When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Scott Stockman. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the 27-0 sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Now, I know a few Chargers fans, and I didn't know you were going to do that. But, I mean, do they stop listening? That's not necessary. Why are we picking on the Chargers? I am not it's, picking it's on the Chargers. It's less than four. Yeah, I, I am by uplifting the, way. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Scott. All right. I, yeah. But do I need... I, I'm too tired to do Duval and all that stuff. You know, whatever. But uh, I was going to message you congratulations. And then I really did have a whole conversation with myself. Why do we congratulate fans of a team who did nothing? I did I'm nothing. Glad you, yeah, yeah, you De- did nothing. You don't deserve true. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I said, forget about it. You know, that's fine. Uh, but very funny. In the, I did say congratulations. Uh, without, I'm not, I mean, I guess people can look it up if they want to. But I sent a happy birthday to a certain sports team owner today who responded with a picture in the team jersey with the star player, <laughs> you know, huge smile, whatever. And I said, boy, you really seem to be enjoying this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if I was a team owner and the team was doing well, I would also uh, I would also yes. be enjoying it. And I, yes. I got to say, Scott, we, you and I, neither of us are, are huge fans of sports teams anymore. I would say the Jacksonville Jaguars are the only team I was rooting for as a child that I still kind of care about. But it is moments like that game this weekend remind me just kind of how addictive and fun being a fan of sports teams can be. And I, I definitely yeah. lose that in this job. And I'm sure you feel the same way. So it was a oh. nice reminder that, uh, that, that, that you understand that the way fan passions work, which is essentially the lifeblood of this entire industry. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know how people do this for a living and still like, maybe they don't really see, maybe it's just like the sports people, the straight up sports fan part. I don't, I don't know, but covering the business of sports and, Kind of seeing how the sausage is made. Yeah, absolutely. I find it really hard to still. I grew up in the New York area, as you know. So it was for me, it was Jets and football, Knicks, uh, Islanders, and what about and Yankees? That's what I, you know. And I, I mean, I don't even get the tiniest bit upset <laughs> if those teams lose. Now yeah. it's like, but I do, I do enjoy seeing in the focus group of one's eyes. You know that, but even I hope I don't ruin ruin it too too much for him too much because I do tell him all the time like. Just don't worry. They're not as upset as some of these fans are. And it's just a game. And don't worry about it. And holy Christ, I just got back from the uh, from the concession stand and that ran me 100 bucks for all this. He's like, how much? I'm like, exactly. What a ripoff, right? And then I explained to him how it works. So, But I did. There was the, was it last year when the Islanders had their run? Was it last yeah. year or two years ago? Two, I can't two even, years ago. So yeah. they went, all right, it's two years ago. I can't even. So they went, what, to the conference finals game six? Mm-hmm. 
right? And we were we were at the Coliseum for one of the final games there. And I think it was Pelic made that great stop in the net at the end, and the Islanders won. And mm-hmm. it was fun. And I was sitting next to Bill O'Reilly, by the way, which was kind of fun. And I had all the Islanders behind me at the time before they, you know, some number of them have passed away now. Ooh. But uh, <laughs> but it's terrible. But I had a you know a bunch of the Islanders behind me and to watch him, and he had, you know he had a great time. And by the way, you're going to love this, but you you are going to love this component of it when when and if you ever have a child and you come face to face with a, like an all time great from like now from your yeah yeah and and you're trying to explain to them like no you should care about Denny Potvin and here's why <laughs> and he's and he's like all I see is a five foot eight over man guy. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly he's just like what whatever you know, just, it means absolutely nothing the only one I think he ever looked up where he was like oh whoa was Messier okay. Yeah, then he, he kind of, oh, he's like, whoa, this guy was pretty good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he saw, you know, he saw like a documentary or something on him. And that counts. And I don't know how we got on this. You know, whatever. It's a, it's an MLK Day holiday show. <laughs> exactly. So we're allowed to go anywhere we want. Who plays early today, by the way? The NBA has this day, right? Yeah, the what, NBA what do does got? a lot of games. And then as we're, before we're recording, obviously, the, the, the biggest, the, the, the behemoth of the NFL playoff games yes. is the opening weekend. Your, your, your Cowboys versus Tom Brady and the Buccaneers tonight, Monday night on ESPN. Uh, which is Scott, as you know, the the NFL partner that always seemed to get shortchanged matchup wise in, in a lot of these playoffs and things like that. Uh, but ended up this year with the with, the, with the most valuable, probably the one that every network could have wanted if they if they could have picked and chosen their first pick of matchups in this first round. Uh, I think we would all agree that Cowboys versus Tom Brady would have been the one everyone would have wanted. Yeah, it's funny. We don't even say Buccaneers. It doesn't even matter. It's just the Cowboys <laughs> taking on Brady. Yeah. <laughs> so should I read the headline of Kruppi story that just moved for Go us? Go ahead, yeah. Cowboys Bucks Monday Nighter signals detente between NFL and ESPN. So clearly the relationship had been strained and that was probably, you know, a thing to do. Number one, two, three, and four for Jimmy Pitaro come in and sort of reestablish that relationship with the NFL. And here we are where Success. they got what is going to be a month. I don't even want to guess at the number, whatever. I'll leave, I'll leave that for Marshan and Oran to decide uh, to say how many, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But clearly it's the marquee game. No offense to all the others we've seen, including the Jaguars. No question. And, and, and widening it a little bit more. I think this was an, an, a, a great weekend for the NFL so far. Uh, the, the heavy favorites all won, but most of them were all close games. Even the, the 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 49ers Seahawks game which was a blowout in the end was was I think the Seahawks can, wait, let me jump in for yeah it is for yeah. the NFL in terms of interest and, and storyline and whatever but I got to say as somebody this is why I could never be a coach yeah. I really could I mean it just the stuff drives me crazy I, I it's very unless it's fourth down last game all right why are you calling this guy jumping <laughs> over the pile exte- <laughs> I don't even know his name extending the ball yeah the one thing you don't do is expose the ball there. Yeah, there were a lot of interesting coaching decisions. The clock management at the end of that clock Ra- management Ravens game was yes. a disaster. Whatever happened yes. with the Dolphins that they're in their final drive against the Bills, where fourth and one turned into fourth and six. But amazingly, fall, by this is this is also another one of the amazing of parts, though, because in, in most, if this was, uh, I, I think some of the other leagues and the star players were not there in the NFL, the star always means the quarterback here. Yeah, I mean these games are being played without big name quarterbacks, huge, and it won't matter a lick. That's true. Yeah. Amazing. I'm like that. That's what I would feel great about. You know, as long as it's not a blowout. Although I wonder what the did people come back to the 27 nothing game? I'd I think like they to probably see. did. I didn't see the numbers, but I bet you a lot of people. Turn, it wasn't a big matchup 
to right. start in terms of, of brand name. And my guess is a lot of people turned it off. Paging Anthony Krupe. I want the hour or the, the 15 minute increment. Like, oh, wait, wait, it's getting closer. They scored again. Yeah. They scored again. Everybody found the game again. But you're, you're right. I mean, the NFL is just riding high. And I can't wait to see what Roger and Brian Rolap et al. come up with for what's next. You know, we always like to look forward. Like, wh- where does the NFL? We all know about international. Okay, I, I got it. Yeah. Um, but that is not going to be an instantaneous, you know, straight lineup. But they always seem to find ways to, even without sort of new product, like divvy up what they already have and present it in a new way <laughs> where they can create another package of something or other. And th- and everybody's outbidding on it. One thing that is clearly next, and we're seeing it right now, is this next class of quarterback superstars. If Dak Prescott and the Cowboys win tonight, Scott, I don't think there's a single starting quarterback in his 30s or 40s left in the NFL playoffs. Dak would be the oldest at 29. There, there, there would be no Brady, no Rodgers, no Russell Wilson, no Matt Stafford, no Matt Ryan. This whole class of, of, of quarterbacks that have dominated this league for the past decade plus uh, would all be out of the playoffs after the first round. Uh, or didn't even qualify for the playoffs. So we are seeing Father Time this, is undefeated. Seeing this youth movement where the Mahomes, the Allens, the Burroughs, Trevor Lawrence, Duval, uh, this new class of, of of mid to young 20s quarterbacks has firmly arrived. And I'm saying that without Lamar Jackson, who might be one of, if not the most intriguing of the whole bunch who didn't make it um, because of injury, obviously, to, 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 to the Ravens playoff game. But yeah, I think that one of the things that's next, I think, is that this... This new class is firmly here, and we could be talking about them in the same way we did that previous class for the next decade plus. Let's speak about the existing class and the new class. Let's do it in terms of reality TV genre. <laughs> okay, existing class. This is that was a good segue. Good segue. You wouldn't. You would yeah. not have come up with that one. That was a good segue. Yeah, yeah. So the existing class we have your hard knocks been around for a long time, sort of you know, NFL films. And I, lo- I love this. Oh, maybe that don't forget. We have NFL films and Skydance teaming up. So for more programming, but, and no surprise, we have drive to survive, drive to survive with F1. Yeah. But now they're everywhere. And as I would suspect, I don't really think it's, it matters which sport and what the behind the scenes closer to the players lives. What do they really do? What do they really say? What happens before the match like that scene? And I don't remember who it is, but who was Nadal playing? You know where he's where he's jumping around and running around before he comes on the court. It's part of the uh, the new series mm, yeah. for, of Breakpoint, and you could like as a, I I understand this is armchair psychologist, but I'm watching that and I'm going Nadal's opponent has no chance. Like he's just standing there, like oh god, look at this dude, like oh my god, is that with it? Yeah. yeah, he's just watching this guy and he's, and he's almost awkwardly trying to like not look at him, and you're just like all right, in the mental game of this match, this is over. Like Nadal yeah. is one, but so that's Breakpoint. And we, we also have it now um, with the PGA Tour. I think this is great. And I have said forever that there's so much shoulder programming still to go. And the beauty right now is you don't need the networks involved. As proven by Antetokounmpo after that Milwaukee Bucks championship, the Chick-fil-A, the, the FaceTiming with his brother. It, it just people want to see what is going on. And I'm waiting for the first star uh, or it doesn't even have to be the biggest player in the world, just the, but the first you know, sig- significant player in any league that lets me follow him two hours after the game. Yeah. Locker room, drive home, conversations. I think that would be a huge hit. I agree. And, and I, I, Janet and I watched, the, my partner and I watched the first episode of, of Breakpoint 
uh, right before watching some Australian Open tennis this weekend. Um, I, I'm curious to see if this has the success of Drive to Survive, and 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 I'm I'm skeptical for uh, for a few reasons, but the main one I think. To me, I think F1 is kind of shrouded in this like European luxury mystique for a lot of people here in the U.S. And they saw Drive to Survive as a way of kind of dipping a toe into that world. I'm not convinced that tennis has the same mystique. So I, I, I'm curious to see if the if the personalities and, and, and it starts with Nick Kyrgios, which is a smart choice because he unfortunately, been, by the way, he had to bow out of the Aussie Open. Though. He did. And we could talk about the jinx in a second, because there's a number of players that, that are not playing in the Australian Open that participated in this docuseries over the past year. Um, but outside of Nick Kyrgios, I'm just not sure if there is the 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 kind of bad boy slash luxury personality that a lot of F1 drivers actually have. Okay, but let me ask you this. That really make this a reality show in the way that Americans think about reality. Okay, let me ask you this. My counterpoint, and I'm not saying I'm right, wrong, whatever. The counterpoint is somehow, some way, sort of the engineers and the pit crew folks, uh, they became stars of Drive to Survive. It was about the personality. It was about the conflict. Had nothing to do with luxury. I mean, this was really was what was the argument between you got the wrong tires and the but it's a peek behind the curtain. That's part of the sport that you have no idea exists. Maybe that it, it there was such a dichotomy between the the appearance of the Monte Carlo and here's the you know the white dinner jacket stuff. And wait a minute, they're arguing about tires in, in the pits. <laughs> you yeah. know, but you just take me behind the scenes. There's things I don't know, don't see. That to me has wide appeal. And you've been to the U.S. Open many times. You've lived out there for months yes. at a time. No, it, don't, it, don't remind me. That's <laughs> and you know my famous line. And I, this is the funny. It goes back to our like our opening conversation that we don't really root for anything anymore. Yeah. But people would say to me, "All right, you know the the night match on a Tuesday or a Thursday, whatever, has been delayed, or the other match went long." And then people would be like, "Who are you rooting for?" And I used to say, "Whoever wins the first set. Like if you win <laughs> set one, the worst thing you can do for me is go up to love." And then drop that third set. That's yeah. a good way to get me on your beds or get on to get you on my beds. So we've both spent a ton of time out in Queens, underneath the stadium, around the player locker rooms, in the yeah. player back lounge. Was there? Did you see anything that you felt? Was oh yeah, absolutely. As cool as the, the as as the as the pit crew and things like that. I mean, well, we don't go in the locker room. Not so in the locker room, but, sure. But I would say, yeah, I would say after you know there have been people upset about matches and and referee and then those conversations in the back. I think people would be absolutely just fascinated by, and you're right behind the parking lot, but it's a world removed, that garden area yep. where we had access and the sure. players, and you could see who's hanging out with who, just, I wonder what those conversations are. You're hanging out with the coaches. Yeah, uh, coming on the practice courts where all the kids are waiting. There's some fascinating stuff, conversations happening uh, on those practice courts that I think people would want to see. It goes far, and then by the way, even just the drive from Queens back to the Manhattan hotels where they're staying in. <laughs> and I told you, like, when Jackson or my, my, my focus group of one was, like, six months old, I'm online at Starbucks on 58th and 6th. And, like, Jackson's kind of, I'm holding him up, and he's over my shoulder making a little, like, little crazy scene. I turn around, and it's Ana Ivanovich. And I'm like, really, dude? So I started talking with Ana Ivanovich, and she, she, you know, she winds up holding Jackson. And, and I'm like, I think folks would be fascinated about Roger Federer I saw him at Tivoli Garden, which is sort of the uh, amusement park that's set up uh, on the footprint of the ice rink in Central Park. Yeah. And Roger was there with his kids. And I think people would be fascinated to see Roger, Rafa. I mean, I, I understand that even any of the newer players, 
kind of just walking around New York and what it's like as a tourist and play the game like we say. Do they get recognized? How do they handle it? It's, I, I think people just be fascinated to get any glimpse behind the curtain of what their lives are like beyond that center court. And we'll see with this show, one of the things that Drive to Survive obviously achieved later on is that the first season was fairly narrow in terms of what drivers participated. And then season two... Uh, the, the big ones, right, including Lewis Hamilton, were like, okay, yeah, yeah we've seen the yeah, first I'm season, I'm in. And if Drive to Survive can do that, if, if they can get Novak and Rafa to be like, yeah, happily happy to sit down for interviews and do the backstage thing, then I think this thing takes off. I think part of part of the big question is that what does season two look like after this? And who are the biggest possible names in the sport that you can get to sign on to this kind of access? Well, I need to ask our, our friend Ahmad Nassar, who is now the head of the PTPA, right? We know Novak Djokovic is a big party. He's on the executive council. They just announced that. They had a meeting before the Aussie Open. I'm just curious, what are the conversations for an entity? And, and we should have Ahmad on. What are the conversations for kind of a, a central entity like that where pretty much the premise is Group rights. Yeah. What can we do together? What's the collective value of all these player rights? You, you, they, of course, Roger and Rafa can do anything they want individually. But you do get the sense, or at least I get the sense, that they have a bigger purpose here in growing the game, making a bigger pool available for all of the players. So I'm real curious to see, like, this could be one of those things where, hey, listen, you know, Novak, I understand, you know, you, you got a lot going on, and <laughs> but your participation drives value for us as group player rights. Yeah. And there's a lot more we can do with that after that. Hey, what, oh, what? You want executive producer credit? We'll talk about it. But I, I think there's just a, there's a sense of that. Like, what are, what are we doing in the collective? And their participation certainly goes a long way towards helping that out. Totally. And you talked about the golf one coming, and there's a cycling one coming that I am extremely excited about. It might be the only American. Yeah, they, no, no, no. See, that that's, is really I don't think so. I, see, Eben, I, don't th- I, I disagree with you on this one. Yeah. I, don't, I have absolutely zero interest. I don't watch the Tour de France. I don't care. Yeah. It's, I, it just doesn't mean, to, I, and I understand it's a great event. I got it. Okay. All good. I don't think it matters. This is about personality. This is just about, this is about conflict. Show me what is going on beyond this. Give me good characters and storylines. That's why the real Housewives of Insert City here works. Yeah, it just sucks you with because there's constant conflict. There's there's hysterical storylines, and I think it's the same here. Whether how about remember Netflix wanted to buy or it was in talks to buy the World Surf League. Yes, this, this I don't know a darn thing about surfing, but I do know this: it's a pretty interesting lifestyle. And I'm guessing there's a whole lot of personality and conflict and travel and beauty scenes that we have no clue about that if they give me that for the World Surf League, I'm going to watch also. It's just good quality television. I agree. And we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how these things do. Well, speaking of we'll see how they do, what about Kevin Warren? Friend, friend of the program, <laughs> Kevin Warren. Uh, you know, he, he, I guess, well, he did real, uh, he did real good. At the Big Ten, you know, you can, the, uh, the TV deal is done. You know, you got, you got all the kind of moving parts are done. Was this a case of there were no more worlds to conquer because Kevin has decided to jump in and go run the Chicago Bears? I've talked to a few people who, who always felt like Kevin worked in the NFL for a while, that the, the Lions, the Vikings, before coming over to, to the Big Ten, kind of always felt like he would end up back in the NFL. That, that the Big Ten was, in his mind, a way of, of, of proving himself on a very big stage to then get back into, into the NFL world. Um, you're right. He, not only did he achieve some, some great things, the, the $7 billion TV deals that he negotiated with a, with a nice assist from Fox 
adding USC and UCLA to the the Big Ten also might be one of kind of the big legacy things of his of his tenure. He also, I think, kind of changed the way that conference commissioner searches go, right? For so long, when there was a vacancy at these big conferences, you just hired someone who, who was a college sports lifer. And then the Big Ten chose Kevin Warren out of the NFL. And then right afterwards, the Pac-12 chose George Klievkov from MGM. And then not that far after that, the Big 12 chose, chose Brett Yormark, who had no college experience at all either. We're open for business, says Brett Yormark. A hundred percent. I think I think the, the Kevin Warren hire was, in retrospect, a really good one for the Big Ten. And I think a lot of the other big leagues looked at that and they said, oh, yeah, maybe the way that, that college sports is changing means that we can hire someone who understands the way a different business works, a different part of the professional sports world operates. So in some ways, I think his legacy is going to be both Big Ten related in in the media and the expansion, and then also just the, the way in which his success, I think, changed the way a lot of leadership positions in college sports are going to go. Um, and then going back to the going back to the NFL, the the, the Bears had a, had a bad year. They're in desperate need of a new stadium. They have a project plan set up there. Um, it, it, it's funny. Do you think this is a more or less powerful position? I think it's a less powerful position. But if you care about the NFL and really want to be back there, I certainly understand the appeal of it. Yeah, I too. On on the macro level, it's a less powerful position. However, I would say attractive. What do we say about prospective owners? It can't just be plug and play. Sure. And now you're talking about an on-field turnaround, a real estate turnaround, if you can get that done, and, and probably, by the way, a well-compensated position as I well. I would imagine. Yep. Yes. So, I mean, check, check, check. What's not to love, right? Yeah. If, I mean, if, you're, if you're a sports executive, that, that, that sounds pretty good to me. That's true. If, if we had uh, last week ranked the most powerful people in college sports, I think Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey, who is the commissioner of the SEC, are tied for number one, right? The, the, just everything was shaping up for, for those two conferences to be the nexus of power in college sports. If we're ranking the most powerful people in the NFL, the CEO of the Chicago Bears is like, is he top 100? I don't know. It, right. it is a very different, it's a different kind of job, obviously, in a very different corner of the sports industry. Um, but I do think it is an interesting one because, yeah, I, again, I, I think, I don't think a lot of people would look at this as a, as, as a significant decrease in power, moving from one job to the other. Yeah, and he had been with the Minnesota Vikings, so maybe once you get the NFL in your blood, it's very difficult to get For it back. Sure. By the way, Roger yeah. Goodell, very happy. You know, Again, still, still struggling with diversity, whether it be front office, coaching. Here you have somebody who brings diversity to the front office of the NFL. Yeah. And you wonder if that'll have any sort of trickle effect. I just wonder if sort of the uncertainty around college sports also drives at least a piece of this decision. Totally. You can say, right now, Greg Sankey and I are... But you know, very, very powerful. But who knows what's coming? Like wh this could disappear in a year. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know if if being the commissioner of the Big Ten really is going to be that powerful in a year, two, three. So. And, and, and to continue this conversation, the now there's a vacancy, obviously, in one of the biggest positions in college sports. Who do they get to fill that? The, the NCAA was looking for a president for a long time. Ended up with the the, the current governor of Massachusetts, who's Charlie Baker, to take over when his when his governorship ends. Um, but I, again, I would expect because Kevin Warren kind of started this trend, I would not be shocked if the Big Ten brings in somebody that is not in college sports currently to help run that run that conference. I agree. So if you're going back to where you were, that's a good transition to the Utah Jazz. Uh, Ryan Smith going back to the feel good days. Now, it's not Stockton to Malone. It's not really short shorts. But I got to tell you, even to this day, if you tell me that they're playing in Utah, in my head, I say, all right, they're going to the Delta Center. 
Like that's, I mean, I was there when Jordan hit the shot over, you know, Brian Russell. Mm. Uh, you know, I've been in that building when it was rocking pretty good. Like I said, Stockton, Malone. I was there for those games. So, you know, I, I mean, it's not the Salt Palace, <laughs> but to me, it'll always be, at least, you know, my generation, What it's the Delta Center and it's coming back. It's, I can't think, can you think of another major sports venue that that had a sponsor got a different sponsor and then went back to it it would be like the same we're, we're supposed to be yeah but we're supposed to be experts and now like you put me on the spot i'm not going to think of it and like a I'm thousand sure people are going to email us going, idiots <laughs> what about this one like uh yeah right right yeah well off the top of my head i can't think of one think of one i can, t- I can tell you no one's going to send in the brendan burn arena i can exactly. tell you <laughs> good good um yeah the i think this is also probably like largely a delta story to a degree as well they've, they've invested from what i understand had a ton of money into the Salt Lake City hub of theirs. I actually flew into, uh, I was one of the first planes to land at uh, the new airport, a new airport wing in Salt Lake City. Uh, whoa, 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 Matt Whitehurst, I think we may need the, for the first time, <laughs> uh, trumpet for Eben. We, we may be getting some value add from Eben Novi Williams right <laughs> here. Go it get, lay yeah. it on me, brother. From from what I understand, Delta has invested a lot of money in improving its both the facilities there and also the size of its hub in Salt Lake City. So this, I imagine, is just part of a wider corporate push at Delta um, to, 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 to have Salt Lake City be its city. So I certainly understand it from that standpoint as well. And for a relatively new owner in Ryan Smith in Utah, uh, I imagine this is one of, if not the biggest corporate partnerships that the that the Jazz have ever had. So all in all, I think uh, I, th- I think a lot of people are probably very happy with this. No offense to Vivint, right? But Delta Center still feels right to me. Yeah, I don't think people are going to be crying for the... Uh, I'm always going to call it Vivint is not something I'm going to hear, <laughs> exactly. I think, uh, yep, very yep. often. And, and let, let's kick it off here, finish up with, with WWE, by the way, has retained the Rain Group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now Rain sold Chelsea, selling Manchester United, selling... WWE, pretty pretty good week for our for our friends over at the Rain Crew. Yeah, I thought I thought Piff was buying WWE, Scott. I thought that deal was done. Now 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 now, <laughs> I I do. In fairness, because I like to be nice, maybe there's just something was lost in translation. Maybe it was a trial balloon by somebody to see. Because I have no doubt that Piff, with its limitless resources. And it's, uh, it's, let's say, it's continued entry into sport would show interest and may be among the bidders. I mean, it makes perfect sense, along with, again, the Disney's, the Comcast. Yeah, we, Endeavor, we, although yeah. Endeavor, I, I'm, you know, I don't know if we can load up more debt. Um, and by the way, Dana White said, what should, I, I'm going to ask you the question, Dana oh White. Oh, my gosh. I'm gonna, all right, oh. we're done with that. We're moving oh, on because we, we're short on time. But somebody <laughs> followed up with Dana White and said, well, what is the message of there being no professional repercussions to and if, oh all that matters is personal what else matters and he said what should it what should it be and like almost indignantly well what should it be so what, can I pose to you? can I put you on the spot Evan what, what should it I, and by the way I think an, a fine answer is I don't know the specifics but it should be something like I I don't know but it should be yeah I was gonna something. say it should be, it should definitely be some I mean I thought that Dana White's press conference was was not was was not was not good uh, the idea that him stepping away from F one would hurt its business or sorry from, from UFC would hurt its business so that would be bad like seems like I'm kind of the point right that like this is there are punishments that happen when, when what about just man, a mandated counseling 
mandated counseling. No, that, that's a professional repercussion. There's so much. And this idea that, which he kind of hinted at, that like his punishment is that he now needs to live with the fact that people yes. saw him hit his wife is right. ab- is absurd. Like I rob a bank and my punishment is that like people now know I'm a bank robber. Like that's the shame, <laughs> that's, shame, shame that's of the thing I need to live with now. Um, yeah, it just felt like so divorced from the way that I think a lot of people are looking at this and looking at Dana and looking at the way that, that his company uh, has handled uh, the, that video and the, and the fallout from it. Um, I won't say that I'm shocked because I think it seemed pretty clear pretty early on that there was probably not going to be a sufficient amount of ramification for Dana for what he did. But um, I was at least a little surprised that that press conference of his was as bad as it as it seemed to be. All right. Uh, who do the Jaguars play next? They play the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm thinking about making the trip, Scott. And they fly oh, to Kansas really? City on Saturday morning. Yeah, really? Saturday afternoon game. The Jaguars never get the the primetime slot. What's the weather? Obviously. What's the weather in Kansas City? It this doesn't week? actually look that bad. It's looking like it's going to be like mid 40s uh, during the day. Game starts at like 4:30, and then Br- Brunel um, loves that kind of weather. This is it's it's feeling like those '96 Jaguars when they uh, when they. I'm were sorry, help me with this. Huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, you don't remember you, yeah. this guy? Yeah, p- please fill in the '96 Jaguar blank for me. Oh, they they pulled off a bunch of playoff upsets, including a, one of the biggest upsets in playoff history against uh, John Elway and the Broncos. Um, but yeah, that team felt like it was kind of just destined to be to be beating teams they shouldn't have been beating, and at least most of this year, uh, you you could argue that the three greatest games the Jaguars have played have all been this year. Against the Ravens, I would not. I would not argue and, with you. Whatever you say about Jacksonville. and Jack the Chargers. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fun in uh, in Jacksonville land this week. That's for sure. You know what I'd like to see? Give me give me the camera if they pull off another upset. Just the 30 second, 90 second camera following Shotcon. Hmm. Give me the the 90 seconds after another huge playoff victory would be fantastic video. As you know, these I mean, there's essentially no bigger fan in in a stadium, especially during playoff time, than, than the owners. Just to bring this full circle to what you were mentioning at the beginning, uh, yeah, that's a, it's it's a level of caring that I think even the most avid sports fans sometimes can't can't understand because it's a totally different position. You want to take me out with a Duval? Anything or no? Duval. He is. Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I'm Scott Soshnick on the Twitter at Soshnick. The aforementioned producer, Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Digital media editor is Cor Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.